0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the week 11 DFS MVP podcast. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. As always, with my co host, John Daigle, Pat Karain, how are we doing, boys?
1: Doing good. How you guys doing?
2: Bad, bad. My friends giving tonight, which I got stereotyped as the Texan into doing the meat And by the way, they are correct. <laughs> i know how to yeah, well, you know, that's I not a stereotype
1: Aren't you, I, don't you cook good i meat? know how
2: to brine and roast a turkey overnight someday. yeah we're, we're correct so yeah uh, we were just accommodating me today
0: yeah so thank you for uh all the viewers catching us at uh, an earlier hour uh as always we'll bring you guys All the goods and anything you missed today, you could come back Sunday morning for the uh, Discord show, which we've been rocking in the 4-4 Discord, Daigle and myself, um, 11 a.m. Eastern Time every week. Uh, As always, before we get into everything, just want to remind everybody um, that if you want to prep for the week, Probably the best way to do that is through the walkthrough on Pat Crane's legendary upside go-through game-by-game there. uh, Pretty much every single angle you can uh, take the game apart from. Uh, Crane, any highlights from that before we get into the slate here?
1: Yeah, I think this week's pretty interesting because we'll kind of get into this as we go, but there's a number of spots where the matchup's really good, uh, and you're looking at an offense, you're like, man, this defense does not stop what this offense does well in the passing game. But then you kind of step back and look at the overall game environment and it's like, is there actually going to be enough, you know, pushback for, you know, the, the offense and the good matchup to actually kind of put the pedal to the floor and attack aggressively. And I think that's the real question in a number of matchups this week um, and kind of figuring out which of these games can have a little bit of a back and forth action uh, or an offense who's just willing to aggressively put up points through the air without much, uh, you know, a pushback on the other side. If we can find those spots, I think there's some really there's, there's offenses that can really put up points this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, the past, I mean, it seems like damn near the whole season we've been looking at uh, at shorter slates, low scoring slates, um, and just hoping we could find a game that pops. This week finally feels one where we have quite a few games that can pop as you said there's there's definitely some um wide range of outcomes on some of these games but some pretty health, healthy totals both on the team and the game side 11 game slate uh Never love when they split it eight games early and three games late, but um, it is what it is. And and, and we got some nice uh, late swap opportunities with some of those late games. Uh, if you guys want to check out the detailed walkthrough, there is a link to that in the YouTube description uh, alongside promo code YouTube to get you 25% off at 444.com slash plans. That is off the already rest of season discounted price. And once you get that 444 4 sub upgrade to the solver, the best optimizer in the game. And when you do that, all of the four for four projections are automatically synced there uh let's get right into it uh as we mentioned got a few games with some nice totals um you know maybe uh 11 weeks ago we wouldn't think this is the game that's popping but uh this is the game that's popping early texans versus the cardinals uh early kickoff here one one o'clock p.m 48 point total texans favored by five and a half uh, 26.75 team total for Houston, Arizona, 21.25 team total uh, as the underdogs there. Uh, Crane, as I mentioned, this game is uh, expected to be uh, not only one of the highest scoring on the slate, but uh, one of the highest owned games on the slate. Lots of really good values on both sides uh, with Devin Singletary likely leading the way as the mega Chuck in this game. Uh, what you noted in the walkthrough is that Cardinals are a team that uh, can be exploited in those splash zone targets we've talked about. And Houston is a team that is very uh, prone to throw those splash zone targets. Big news here, Nico Collins coming back from injury, and he was kind of leading the way for the offense in those targets. Um, so with Noah Brown out, uh, probably some tank chalk here, does this stand out as a Nico Collins game, assuming he is back to 100 percent?
1: Yeah, I think it this this is a pretty interesting spot for Nico Collins for sure. I also think it's an interesting spot for Tank Dell. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to talk about Robert Woods even uh in, you know, as a salary saver. Um Dalton Schultz is interesting. I don't know how chalky he'll be because you're, you're looking at a, like some big Trey McBride chalk. So I don't know if people are gonna want to go double tight end from the same game. Um, so that that might keep him in check a little bit. But this is one of those spots that I was referring to where like the Cardinals defense is is very bad. And it's specifically bad at stopping what the Texans want to do. They, they don't protect the middle of the field well, but they also are allowing the most EPA on first read throws per drop back in the league. And that's the, another thing that Houston is really excelling at. Like this is an offense that is being executed by Stroud the way it's drawn up. And the Cardinals aren't taking they aren't forcing quarterbacks to move off the primary design of the play. They, they rank dead last there. So, you know, if the Texans are aggressive, I think we could see them put up a lot of points through the air. The problem is that they really don't appear to be an aggressive team. They, they've been conservative in most of their games this season. Uh, they did shift to a, a passive approach versus the Buccaneers. I, I wouldn't put it past them to do that. It'd be really fun, but I, I'm more interested, I think, in kind of attacking this with Kyler and then bringing bringbacks uh, coming back because I think that's the way this game's really fun is that the Cardinals come to play and the Texans they're not going to shy away from a shootout if it if it heads that direction.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We just got the official um, Noah Brown news about 45 minutes before we started recording here, um, so. Uh, Early on, as I mentioned, Singletary projecting for really big chalk. Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz kind of in that moderate range. Uh, interesting to see what happens with Nico Collins with Noah Brown out. I, I have a feeling he probably gets um, steamed a little bit more than we're projecting him now in those single digits. Uh, but as Crane mentioned, Daigle, uh, the big news on the Arizona side is Kyler back. And as you mentioned on the most accurate podcast, not the most efficient throwing day for Kyler, but we did see Arizona throw at the 13th highest rate relative to expectation after being fifth lowest in the league without kyler first uh for the first 10 weeks another thing we saw from kyler that was a little unique compared to those first 10 weeks is him getting the other pass catchers involved uh most notably rondale moore marquise brown not with a huge target share but did miss uh you know a deep target for a touchdown i I don't think he stays as you know the the fourth most targeted player on the team uh but looks like you know kyler Gave us some running ability. They trust him to throw already more than uh, than we're used to from this team and, and a lot of players involved. So what do you make of Kyler and, and company this week?
2: And I think the most rostered player under 4K in terms of a wide receiver will probably be Jalen Guyton. But I do think Rondell Moore is the most interesting ancillary piece around Marquise Brown and Trey McBride. Trey McBride's going to be played in cash games and you really can't get away from him. Honestly, the the Texans are even allowing a league high and catch up for game to opposing tight end. So no reason to run away there. Marquise Brown. I'll be curious to see where his ownership gets. If people are that pissed off about the missed touchdown throw from Kyler, maybe we can sneak him in a little bit, even though his salary just doesn't budge like tank Dales on DraftKings specifically. They just don't, they don't move those two guys at all. And so they just continue to be good plays, but Rondell Moore is really interesting because we did see the second highest target share for the Cardinals last week, 25.8%, but it wasn't the dinky 5.2 depth of target that he had under Cliff Kingsbury. It was over eight yards average depth of target. And so now we're getting, we think, volume and some deep shots under Jonathan Gannon for Rondell Moore. That's, That's super interesting. So I'll be curious to see where people land between Moore and Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson's being targeted because of his share of the team's air yards. I think he may, it sounds crazy, but in tournaments, I think he may get steamed just a little bit. I think he could actually probably get quite more rostered than Rondell Moore. And if that's the case, I'd rather play more. So I'm just trying to see where everyone's going with this game. Definitely one, at least for the Texan side, though. I'm willing to play like two players without CJ Stroud, Onslaught CJ Stroud, just trying to figure out where ownership's going to go with it.
0: Yeah, this is a tough spot um, from projecting ownership just because we have, obviously, Trey McBride is going to be mega chalk on a, a slate without the, the three big names on the slate, Kelsey Hawk and um, Andrews off the main slate. Uh, McBride at 4,400, he's just going to be owned a ton, uh, but Wilson, Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown, all kind of in this like high teens range. Usually we don't see all three players get brought along, so I, I do agree with that like at least one probably gets more steam than expected, and one gets squeezed more than expected. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who that is. Michael Wilson, 3,400. Rondell Moore, 3,300. Um, so, I mean, definitely a game that's going to come down to a lot of, of what the ownership Word. looks like when uh, when we get kickoff.
2: Crane, uh would you do Stroud, Woods, Schultz, Dell to get off of Singletary?
1: yeah I mean I like I like getting off of singletary and playing it through the passing game um I think you want you want to bring back like I, I I don't really see the Texans just like coming out here and smacking the Cardinals through the air and the Cardinals not putting up points like they they will shift to the running game I think the Cardinals uh lay down so it's tough because you know that as you as you guys are laying out it's maybe a little bit harder to figure out which the right, you know, who the right bring back is. I'm okay playing Trey McBride though. You know, I I would be totally fine doing a a Stroud double with Trey McBride. You get off Singletary. I think my, my question is like there's a, there's a lot of chalk projected in this game, but how do people play it with the quarterback? Are people going to play Kyler over Stroud because that allows you to get Singletary in. And I don't think people are going to want to play Singletary and Stroud together and Stroud's pretty expensive. So how does this all shake out ownership wise is I think the question here, because this is a a really enticing game and I'm fine playing it. Like however, like you tell me how you want to play it and I'll pick a different route. Uh, you know, that that's totally fine here.
0: So we're playing James Conner is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, actually, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: um kyler is uh the highest roster player in dk optimals right now Trey mcbride top three tight end value on both sites devin singletary standing out as the cheap running back option um in cash games and then as we mentioned just a, a lot of um cheap or valuable pass catchers in this game but yeah i think probably um as dago said it's, it's probably a pretty good spot to uh To look for some onslaughts instead of just trying to pick and choose um who it's going to be and just building through it logically right so not exactly being like who's the best who's going to hit but like who hits in a way together i think is going to be uh really important here uh Next game that we're looking at, also a 48-point total. Lions favored by seven and a half at home against the Bears. Uh Lions with a 27.75 total with Bears at 20.25. 20, uh, uh, another return from injury. Last week we saw uh Jameer Gibbs come back, um, get more than 50% of the work. Obviously, uh David Montgomery had that huge run. So, you know, if he stays on, on that drive and gets whatever five more touches, it's more of a 50-50 split. Um, but Lions probably not getting a ton of ownership here besides that healthy total near 28. Uh, Chicago is bottom 10 and schedule adjusted points to both the quarterbacks and the running backs, but a lot of that damage that has been done against the Bears' defense by running backs has come through the air. Uh, so Dago, how do you see uh, the Lions benefiting here if they do hit or exceed that 28 point total?
2: It has to be through the air, you can't run on the Bears at all. Uh, even David Montgomery last week, I, I felt like there were a lot of performances last week where we should really just say, okay, I got away with that one, but we can't go back to that. The Seahawks offense and DK Metcalf, I think is one of them. Man, if you, if you saw that first half and I'm talking, I'm someone with X amount of dollars in cash gains on Geno. And I saw that first half, like, oh, no, like, what have I done? But luckily, he went 6 of 8 on the last drive. DK had that 44-yard catch on the last drive, too. Otherwise, we weren't getting there at all. Uh, Quentin Johnson scored that touchdown on a 10% target share in a game. Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett left injured. It's like, okay, we got away with that one. Kenneth Walker, a 64-yard touchdown catch on terrible usage. Okay, we got away with that one. Um, And then also, David David Montgomery, Last two games with Jameer Gibbs, he hadn't handled less than 70% of the team's touches and 75% of the running back carries. He was at less than 50%, and he had the 75-yard touchdown run. So you're like, okay, we got away with that one. It just doesn't seem like in this spot that that's something I want to chase, whereas the Bears, you can attack them through the air in terms of the running back. They're allowing six catches and over 60 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs, and Jameer Gibbs ran 22 routes to Montgomery's 11 in this last spot. So to me, like that's a, that's a one, one-way one street for their running backs. I don't want to touch Montgomery based on how he's used, but I'm more than willing to go to Jameer Gibbs in tournaments.
0: Yeah, I mean, the going into last week, let me see if it's still there. Yeah, the Bears allowing the most um, receiving yards to running backs, uh, I mean, by a mile. Two of their three linebackers uh, rank near the bottom of the league in coverage grade among linebackers. And literally... Uh, so-
2: Literally first in yards per carry, 3.2 yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. They've been awesome against the running yeah. game.
0: And I won't get into the theory here, but as Daigle mentioned, some of those spots like the Geno spot late last week, uh, we got some really interesting uh, late swap theory last week um, in cash games. I, I, I typically hold when we have PMR in cash games. Um, last week was a very unique situation. So I, again, I won't get into it here. If you're in the discord, go back and look at that conversation because it was a, uh, it was a really interesting uh, theory based play. I whiffed and um my side didn't work out but uh i thought it was a really good discussion so uh that's some of the stuff we got going on in the discord
2: and just remember some of the shakeup for tournament ownership whenever news like joe burrow and jamar chase come down uh like joe burrow Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. was no longer a cash game option he still got there if you wanted to pay up but you knew the field was coming off of him and then going to gino or brock purdy instead which then heightened gino's ownership in tournaments because he was a cash game play not to yeah. mention then because we had no value at receiver which was the thesis behind quentin johnston jackson smith and jigba also then became 15 to 20 roster and it's like you would never play jsa at 15 to 20 percent in tournaments so you just have to be aware of these shakeups that happen that trickle down from cash game pivots into tournaments
0: yeah, it was, it was a fascinating week and we, it was one of those weeks where, uh, we definitely needed, uh, the, the, the discourse, um, in discord, um, cause, uh, I mean, I was struggling to figure it out. So it was nice to bounce some ideas. I off didn't have mine <laughs> until literally 10 minutes before yeah. and I was like, okay, uh, I
2: guess. I am scared to fade Christian McCaffrey. I'm not scared of anyone else in this slate. Let's just do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Um, this game with Justin Fields returning is is a lot more stackable, uh, obviously, than it would have been otherwise. Uh, that is the biggest news of the game. Just Fields returning, and as uh has been very apparent. DJ Moore splits with and without Fields have just been night and day. Obviously, he has that massive um you know forty nine point game in there but also three 100 yard games uh with fields versus none without so uh Karin, i mean dj Moore is projecting as one of the best values on the slate uh field's pretty decent value against one of the biggest pass funnel defenses in the league so i mean is this the game that we can be looking at um as like a contrarian stack with the same uh kickoff time as the chalkiest game of the week with uh, uh houston and arizona
1: i think so yeah i mean it's interesting because when you look at, like, Justin Fields in uh, some of the advanced stats, like um, EPA per game uh, and success rate, he looks worse than Tyson Pagent, really. Um, but Pagent but. is kind of doing this manufactured BS, you know, kind of scrambling around, hitting some hitting some plays, hitting some short throws. Fields has been pretty boom bust. He's been really, really bad in some games and really, really good. In other games. So, you know, for tournaments, that's a much more appealing profile, obviously. And you know, provides a provides a real ceiling to the offense. I do I, I read this a little bit different than Dagle on the Lions side, where I don't I don't think the Lions are going to be afraid of the Bears run defense, even though they have been quite good against the run. The Bears are second in EPA out per rush and first in rushing success rate. So they they're like a legitimately strong run defense. But this is like a Dan Campbell identity team like they're not going to i think back down and say we need to pivot to the pass. they've been you know against the buccaneers they did go pass heavy but they didn't have um their running backs in play right that was the game where uh i keep mixing it up they were without jameer gibbs and dave montgomery that's the game where he got hurt and then they pivoted to the pass. so you know they i don't think they're like stubborn About running the ball necessarily, but that's definitely their like primary method of attack. I think they'll give it a go at least. So I I I think I like this most from the Bears side. And then you bring back uh, a lion is a really nice spot for Amon St. Brown. Um, I think you know he's pretty expensive, but this he's got a high ceiling here for sure. And I like the Jameer Gibbs call too because I think you get you know. You get the out actually that they do run the ball quite a bit, but they do it through Gibbs. Um, like we saw last week, him getting a, a pretty big workload there. So then you also obviously have the receptions. So that's how I think I wanna I wanna play this. Probably, you know, Justin Fields. I, I think maybe you can you can double it with uh with Cole Komet too. I think he's in a pretty interesting spot and and someone that gets a big boost from Fields coming back as well.
2: Um, I'm not even saying. You're wrong. Like I agree with the sentiment the the Lions could run the ball. My thing is if it doesn't go through Gibbs and the Lions do run the ball, this game fails. This game right. environment fails. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right. thus we That's don't a get a point. stealing performance from anyone, which is why I've been back and forth in this game. Because again, it's like it's like the Bengals-Texans conversation we had last week where uh, you know, CJ Stroud got there, Joe Burrow got there, but they didn't reach their ceilings and they didn't win tournaments. We're trying to poke holes and can't, how does this one get to its ceiling? And I could definitely see this one failing overall for sure.
1: It's a riskier game than I think that, you know, the Texans game is, but that's, that's okay. Like the, te- I think the Texans game, we could see that it spread out a little bit. Um, and maybe that's one way that it doesn't win tournaments, even though it, it probably doesn't like fully fail, but this game has a much lower floor. But I do think it has a a pretty fun ceiling.
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing about if if you do choose to like stack this game, if you if you played fields doubles with a bring back, whether it be Gibbs or Monra, most of the players in this game, you are getting a a legitimately a fraction of the ownership of players in Arizona and Houston. Um, And a lot of time, like our our traditional late swap versus the chalk like concept is Go contrarian early. Hope you hit. Um, if if it doesn't uh, switch off of the the late chalk. This week, we got the mega shot going at the same time. So, I mean, if you do play Lions and Bears heavy and it hits while Arizona and Houston misses, like you have so much information on where you're at versus the field with only three games left um, that you really can get into obviously stuff to do good and be in a position to have a good day at tournaments, but have some really good ideas on how you can swap or you can hold for, um, you know, game theory versus the field just because so many players are going to be played early uh so i just think from a tournament um game theory perspective this is a really interesting game to be playing
1: none of the Uh, none of the mega chalk is late though right so it's kind of interesting
0: yeah we we won't i think the only like none of it's mega chalk um you know the only like chalky players we're getting late is like probably some maybe some 49ers
2: yeah cuz Brock Brock Purdy probably is the cash game play this week cuz he's so cheap and it's an yeah. amazing spot
0: um Pur, Purdy and and Kyler will probably be neck and neck for the um the most popular quarterbacks uh, of the week um the only player in Lions Bears that's getting like real cash game consideration is uh DJ Moore uh Gibbs is just one of those players that like He's just never going to project as like a good median uh, value just because everyone's always going to project Montgomery for some workload. Um, But this is like a pretty weak running back slate. So I haven't really built out cash this week. I I don't, I don't know if I would put Gibbs in as a cash play, um, but like there aren't like slam dunk values. There's like upside at running back, but like there aren't a lot of like slam dunk values that I'm just like, like, running to place so like again like it might be another two running back cash week. i'm still not sure i got a lot of thinking to do
1: we but, don't. where are uh, you at on the singletary play because i mean that is he is underpriced
0: i mean in cash game i probably just play him but
2: you have to but, i mean yeah he's handled all but three touches the last two weeks without Damian pierce pierce did it return to practice every on- year he just takes over <laughs> the whole backfield every year uh, pierce did return to practice on friday yeah. if pierce plays i would get off singletary at least in tournaments um also we're hundred percent getting Brian Robinson in cash because Gibson again didn't practice today. So you <laughs> oh, just yeah. slide him in and lock him in. It's gonna be so easy to play him. Uh, yeah. so yeah, we'll we'll figure it out by Sunday morning. Some some yeah. injury news to watch.
0: I was hoping Robinson was gonna be a, a sneaky value against the Giants, but doesn't doesn't look like we're gonna uh, get that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like we're gonna get that at all. Just play play running backs and defense but versus the Giants. Single
2: singletary objectively, if Pierce is out, like it's not just for the touches either. Like last week the Texans showed us who they still want to be. Like even last week, they were seventh in run play rate on early downs, except they played the Bengals. So unlike the Bucks, when they averaged under three and a half yards per carry on early downs, the Bengals suck. So they averaged 5.7 yards per carry on early downs. And it's kind of the same thing. The Cardinals are 20th and yards per carry allowed on first and second down. So if, if the Texans want to have their way doing that again, Singletary is going to get there
1: yeah it's it's so frustrating that like this super chalky game that everyone's gonna be playing through the passing game we also have to fade a a mega chalk running back so it's like you can't even root for the game to fail through the through the kind of dusty running back because he's gonna be the highest on piece of them all
0: yeah it's a tough it's a tough one to figure out how to how to play against it for sure
1: stroud
2: schultz woodsdale there you go that's (laughs) that's how you have to do it PrizePix is North America's largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform and one of the most exciting ways to play DFS. And best of all, PrizePix is simple. Just choose between two to six players and pick more or less than their PrizePix stat projection. It's that easy, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. But it doesn't stop there. PrizePix even offers in-game projections. Imagine gathering at the house, watching football with all your friends, and building an entry to cheer for together. With more Devonta Smith receiving yards, or less Justin Fields rushing yards. Now you can. Just go to Prizepicks.com/dfsMVP and use the promo code DFSMVP to match your first deposit up to $100. PricePix daily fantasy sports made easy.
0: One of the late kickoff games with a pretty intriguing total is the Seahawks at the Rams. Seahawks favored by one point in a game with a 46 and a half point total there. Uh 425 p.m. kickoff. So this is like the ultimate late swap spot. Uh, 23.75 team total for the Seahawks. Crane. Last week we saw uh, Geno Salvage's fantasy day late um but as you mentioned the walkthrough he's probably playing a little bit better than people realize uh but just obviously the uh production hasn't been there in a huge way like it was last year uh the thing against the rams as you mentioned is teams like to get there through their running back so i mean if we're looking at this game as one that can pace up and one that does have potential uh shootout like how does it get there with uh people running so much against the rams
1: I, I struggle to see this one a little bit. That the Rams a bit of a run funnel, and then the Rams have been more conservative recently, and it makes sense. We actually saw this in the year they won the Super Bowl. They they kind of got more conservative as the season went on because uh, Stafford was was being a bit erratic, um, and McVeigh. I think he'll 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 shift to the run game as needed. In this case, it's because they can't protect Stafford. Uh, and, you know, they, they couldn't really hold up against the Cardinals pass rush when they played them. They went really conservative against the Steelers the following week. They were really conservative against the Cowboys, and then Stafford was hurt in that game. Uh, so I don't really see the Rams looking to, like, push here. The Seahawks have a pretty good pass rush, certainly good enough to uh, harass Stafford, given just how bad they've been at protecting him. And so if they've got a run-heavy Rams team, are the Seahawks the type of team that is going to push this into, you know, a high-scoring game environment? Not really. So, I, this isn't a this isn't really a game environment that I'm all that intrigued by. Um, I, I don't really see an angle here either. I mean, there's you know a split backfield now. Charbonnet is kind of operating as like a clear receiving back. Uh, the the Rams double team a lot, so I don't think this is like a particularly great spot for Metcalf and Lockett. JSN's getting a little bit of work, so he it's going to make it a little bit more unpredictable. Um, I just I have a hard time predicting, you know who who would be the guy to play here. It's it's not really something I'm eyeing small field stuff.
0: Yeah, with uh, Charbonnet and, and Jason um, getting you know pretty decent uh, work now. Like so much is is fragmented in this offense, whereas in the past. Even if it was like a tough matchup, we can just rely on it being so efficient and so uber concentrated between DK and Lockett that uh, it does make you a little bit nervous there. Uh, Stafford projecting um, as one of the worst quarterback values on the slate, but we have seen salary come down on his pass catchers. It looked like Cup was going to like get back to that perennial $9,000 every week range. He's down to 8,100. Pukinokua down to 7,100. Daigle, as you mentioned on TMAP, uh, there is some ways that the Rams can exploit Seattle and their zone coverage. Uh, does that benefit Puka or Cup in any way?
2: I like Puka as a one-off in this spot. Like Corain, I don't know if the environment necessarily gets there, although McFay has hung around against Pete Carroll literally since he was hired. Even last year, they had Baker Mayfield and John Wolford in those two starts. And Seattle only outscored the Rams by seven total points. And then in week one, Stafford came out without Cup and just whipped it around the field, 337 yards and eight and a half yards per attempt. No problems whatsoever. So I I could see the Rams offense definitely keeping it up here. And if that's the case and you don't want to go full game stack, I do like Puka because... The Seahawks are one of those defenses that play zone coverage on over 80% of snaps. That's kind of the threshold saying that you are not going to change your scheme no matter what the offense does. So that's good. And then we know Puka has seen 61% of his targets against zone coverage for a league high 49 receptions and the seventh most yards per route run. Significantly better, significantly more in ball. Uh, they're also him and Cooper Cup. Basically, splitting slot duties, and that's where we want to attack the the Seahawks. Is in the middle of the field, as opposed to Tariq Woolen and Devin Witherspoon, who stay glued to the boundary, which is why the Seahawks are also allowing uh, the fewest catches per game to opposing boundary receivers because they just stay out there. So, yeah, I, I like Puka quite a bit in this game.
0: Yeah, I, I like the idea of of mini stacks or one offs here. Um, on on DK, not a lot of players are projecting as very good values. On FanDuel, the Seattle side projects pretty well. Gino and JSN are actually in the FanDuel optimal right now. Um I don't think they're cash viable, but I always like looking at those players that um, I don't think are cash viable that pop up in Optimals because a lot of mean a lot of times it just means um, you know, those are should are good values that maybe we should be having at very least in our tournament pool. Uh, so on FanDuel, I, I do think if you are going to think about uh stacking one of the quarterbacks it makes a little more sense there where DK lends itself more to one offs and mini stacks for sure uh going to these games where we have a team with a high total but really big spreads uh the team that highlights uh, that list is the Dolphins 13 and a half point favorite against the Ra- Raiders. Uh, they were the only team, uh, with a team total of 30 came down just a touch today, 29.75. Uh, because of that total, the game total is 46 and a half. Uh, big news here. Daigle Devin HN returns against a Raiders defense rank 27th in schedule. Just fantasy points allowed to running backs. And it looks like we might get a relatively low owned a. Chan coming off of the injury. So is this a spot where we play? play a low owned Achan hope he dominates as a big favorite or can we actually look to some like last week uh, Dallas style onslaughts and hope that dolphins just completely roll the raiders
2: yep definitely very high on Achan because it's not 4 weeks it's not injured reserve and that perhaps coming back it's 6 weeks because you had 2 weeks to rest over the bye not to mention that usually when you argue about players coming back and being limited a chain was already limited anyways he's a 10 touch guy but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter whatever yeah. it's it's matter. for 150 yards yeah, yeah those 10 yeah. touches so and this kind of slate he i guess he's probably going to be a cash game play too because it's just something you suck up and say like you're too explosive to hide uh so yeah of course the raiders are allowing the third most yards per carry i absolutely want all the a-chan and i'm probably playing him with tua and tyreek you don't have to get the Tua necessarily yeah. But he's one of those onslaughts where you don't even need to play anyone coming back if you don't want to. Honestly, we're just trying to get—we're just trying to soak up all the Dolphins touchdowns.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what what I was thinking. Is like, do we—is there a spot where we play uh, Tua, Tyreek, and and H. N. together? And I mean, we've seen it, right? Like, like H. N. is the type of player uh, when we're thinking about running backs when we can play them uh with their quarterback the the natural intuition is they cannibalize each other so we don't want to play them together like a chan is the type of player that if he hits it's going to be big plays and big plays just enhance the whole game right so that's like that makes sense for him to be played with his quarterback Whereas some running backs of david montgomery is going to slow the game down and you don't want to be playing him with golf
2: i wish there were a cheap offense and maybe it is all those Texans pieces we talked about, but I wish there were like a cheap onslaught offense. And that way I could then start tacking on two players from all the offenses. I also want the touchdown equity yeah. without the run back because like choosing between the Cowboys, Dolphins and 49ers Godspeed. Like you're just going to have to get lucky and fall yeah. to the right one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These are the weeks where I'm like, damn, maybe I just uh, do play 150. All good for the first time in my life.
1: Yeah. This this is a really good spot, I think, for the Dolphins' offense, like in a, a bit of a sneaky way, where the Raiders they take away some of the stuff that the Dolphins like to do. Like they're not a team you generally uh, attack the middle of the field on as much, and they they've limited explosive passing plays at a, at a decent rate, but they don't have a pass rush, you know. And so that's that's I mean the, the pass rush isn't terrible, but it's not great, and that's I think how you really disrupt Tua. And so it's like, if two is in a clean pocket, like look out, you know, and you know, that there's been some talk of the, the dolphins being, you know, somewhat fraudulent. They can't be good teams. Well, this, this isn't a good team.
2: Yeah. Raiders are not. They good. can beat this team. It's like if Antonio Pierce is going to try this highest run play rate in the league league shit, and then uh, do that against the dolphins. And then next time he turns around, he's down three scores. Like good luck, buddy. Like, yeah.
0: Good luck. Well, Kareem, what do we think about that? I mean, obviously we've seen, they've just been, as Daigle mentioned, just absolutely dedicated to the run. I mean, Devante is getting his in terms of target share, but catching it from Aiden O'Connell, it's just going to be like, you know, minimal touchdown upside and get his six catches for 70 yards, whatever it might be. Uh, intuitively, we don't like playing uh, running backs that don't catch a ton. Of, well, actually uh, Jacobs has been getting a lot of uh, past game work, but we don't like huge underdogs. Um, uh as a running back but like do you think this is a spot where if the raiders are just gonna like force it to jacobs that that we could play him as a bring back uh, if we do want to play dolphins
1: yeah i think he he makes sense it's tough with the salary on DraftKings. uh i kind of i think i might want to do this more in like you know kind of the draft stuff you know um battle royale type stuff maybe where you kind of throw him as a correlation piece or something but I'm not sure if I'm going to be on to Jacobs as a a bring back here, but it makes some sense to to do so because Jacobs has been not all that great as a rusher. I mean, his his success rate has recently been better. Um, He's been more consistent as a rusher recently. It's still not good for the season, and he hasn't been very explosive on the ground. But the receiving profile has been really strong all season. Uh, He's running back six in ESPN's receiver ratings. He's got a 1.38 yards per route run. That's RB10. He's got a 14% target share. That's RB7. So, like, I don't know how to go under Pierce necessarily. Like, we really haven't seen them in this situation. But we know he's going to kind of try to get the ball in the the hands of Jacobs and Adams. Um, And if they're trailing, and Jacobs has this really nice receiving role, he is interesting to me. Another guy a little bit more kind of just – Galaxy brain, and this is probably not something I'd be doing unless like it's super small, a super large field, uh, or maybe this is probably more of like a scroll down play for your Battle Royale stuff. But Jacoby Myers, I think, is kind of interesting as like garbage time type of guy because he's getting open at a really high rate. So like if things break down and it's not so much about what the Raiders are trying to do, what their offense is designed to do, which I think will probably be to get the ball mostly to Devontae Adams. Meyer's ability to actually get open and earn targets is is someone interesting. At 6100 on DraftKings I, I think I'm probably out though.
2: My my only thing about Josh Jake is that everyone keeps citing the touches, but he does only have two targets the past 2 weeks in this new offense under Antonio yeah, Pierce. They're like, not throwing the ball.
1: Yeah, they're not throwing I the think, ball at all.
2: And at one time like relative to what they've done like Aiden O'Connell had to throw the ball last week against the Jets, 27 times, and it was Michael Mayer who had a 20% target share. Uh, And now in Aiden O'Connell's games, including the Chargers games, it's Myers who had a who has a 12 and a half percent target share. Aiden O'Connell doesn't even look his way. So I think I'd actually just rather, based on like the thesis of how to construct around the Dolphins because they're so expensive, you then just have to play Mayer as that run back. Not only that, but if you want to get a little more highbrow based on the slate I think what's going to happen is it may lead to two tight end builds and not because it's good two tight ends one we don't have value at running back we don't have anything under 5k on DraftKings at running back and exclusively on DraftKings, Pat Fryermuth is the stone minimum he's 2500 and he's not even a good play but it's a matter of what he allows you to do around him so I could see people definitely playing him just to get up To all the explosive players in this slate.
0: Yeah. And people that are punting, um, like multiple positions, like you said, they're going to be doing it with pass catchers, but like the cheap wide receivers are going to be owned. Like the, uh, the Arizona receivers are going to be owned. As you mentioned, like Guyton might be owned. So like anything that you might want to punt a wide receiver, it's not going to be contrarian, which, and I hate playing chalky cheap guys. So, Again, I haven't done a ton of builds yet, um, but I did notice yesterday that we saw a lot of, um, I saw a lot of two tight ends pop up um, in optimals, as I mentioned last week on the pod, instead of like trying to fade those, um, the optimals are oftentimes telling us something that we should be paying attention to. Um, so there's some early evidence that two tight end builds. Um, you
2: could play could mayor be- over Friermuth because he's, he's $200 more on DraftKings. You can just do that instead.
1: Yeah. And I, I noticed uh, Josh Norris had tweeted out that this offense is shifting more from 21, you know, with the two, two running backs to two tight ends. They cut um, their fullback, I believe. So
2: Jacob Johnson. Yeah.
1: Jacob Johnson. Yeah. So that's, Which that's was, an interesting uh, note for sure.
2: Uh, Jacob Johnson was also the Patriots fullback uh, under Josh McDaniel. Go face. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. There we go. Um Tyreek Hill is always going to project as one of the best values on the slate, um, regardless of his salary. So if you could fit him in, fit him in. Uh, He is in the FanDuel Optimizer. Somehow Dolphins DST uh, snuck by the salary algorithm. Uh, 4,200 on FanDuel, 3,200 on DK, so not like super super cheap, but cheap enough as 13 and a half point favorites. Where if you could fit them in, um, they will be a cash game play. Uh, another big favorite this week: 49ers, uh, 12 point favorites against the Buccaneers at home, 26.75 total for the 49ers in a game with a 41 and a half point game total this is a 405 kickoff so not super super 425 late but uh late enough where we should be able to get some late swap spots here if we want to uh Karin, you mentioned this looks like an absolute dream spot for purdy and the 49ers passing game uh Ayuk has been our our splash zone um basically model this year and he is your cover boy this week so talk a little bit about uh one, how, what the Niners can do this week through the air, and two, kind of just the question we're always asking in these spots: like, do they need to be pushed to be tournament viable, or can get they get there even if they do uh, go in and, and blow out the Bucks?
1: That that is the big question here. Is you know, if we could get—I never thought I'd—I'd I'd say this, but you know, if we could just get Mike McCarthy over here, you know, and 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 be aggressive, you know, because they could they could sleepwalk to forty points here. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the air, if they if they just attack aggressively, like there's just really, I mean, we saw this with the the Texans and the Buccaneers. You know, this is we've we've already got kind of the blueprint of a, a similar Shanahan style offense attacking uh, over the middle of the field. The Buccaneers they rank uh, third worst in or uh, fourth worst in um, explosive pass play rate against. They are dead last in uh, EPA to the splash zone, that, that deep middle part of the field. And they don't take away uh, the first read uh, of, of the opposition. And this is what the 49ers do. They're they, they are excellent on first read throws. They're, they're number two behind Houston in splash zone EPA per drop back. They have the most explosive uh, passing plays at the highest rate this season. I mean, they're, they're the number one passing offense in, in EPA per drop back and success rate you know, Purdy, what you would say, right? If you're criticizing Purdy is like, he's playing point guard. He's just executing the system. Like, sure. But like the system is designed to attack this type of defense. And the other beautiful thing about this matchup is that the Buccaneers don't really have a pass rush and the way you can disrupt Purdy is putting pressure on him. And the, the, that has been effective. Like the 49ers, they're 31st uh, in preventing quick pressure they, don't, they aren't protecting Purdy very well this year, but the Buccaneers, that's not a strength for them either. And then the other thing is that the Buccaneers actually blitz, but they don't do it very effectively. Purdy gets blitzed all the time, so we expect that to happen, but you know, he's been pretty effective against the blitz. So it just all sort of shapes up for big plays, I think. I, I expect that we do get some big plays here. If we also get passing volume, which is a much bigger question mark, then we could get a ton of points on the 49ers side. I'm most interested in Brandon Ayuk because he is that guy down the deep middle of the field. He leads all wide receivers just ahead of Tyree kill and splash zone targets per route. Uh, he is second only to Keenan Allen in ESPN's open score. Uh, second only to Tyree kill in yards per route run. Like he He's the big play guy. He's the kind of – the the way this offense is sort of designed to attack. It's going to go mostly through Iuk, But Kittle also shapes up as a, as a good spot for him. And it's always scary to play Kittle when they have all of their weapons because the, the targets are really tough to predict for him. But you know, he is also attacking that deep middle of the field. He's also getting open at a really high rate. He has a 2.25 yards per outrun, which is elite. So, you know, all in all, I would say this feels a little bit of a boom-bust type of setup, but only because – I'm just not sure if the 49ers will put the pedal to the floor here uh, or if the Buccaneers can push back. The Buccaneers have a really low implied team total. Vegas does not expect them to push back at all. And so, you know, this game could flop, I think, but not because of the matchup, just because they don't need to be uh, super aggressive here.
0: Yeah, even though Purdy will see um, you know, be one of the most popular quarterbacks on, on the slate, that still only means like twelve to fifteen percent. And uh his pass catchers are just unless it's a very obvious spot or one of them is hurt, we're just never gonna see Debo, Ayuk, and, and Kittle all get super high ownership. Uh, my only really concern here is that uh people start building, seeing that there's cheap tight ends, seeing that there's cheap wide receivers, and then realize that they could get McCaffrey um, in more than you usually can um, at his salary. And on, again, like a pretty weak running back slate that people like, well, he's the best player. He's at the top. A lot of casuals just click him because they could fit him in. um, And he's a little more owned than expected, but on the Buccaneers side, Daigle, I mean, if I'm looking for contrarian plays in the spot, a lot of times it's, it's because we're going to have like mega chalk on one side, which I don't think we're going to have. So, I mean, is, is there anyone that we need to force into a bring back here? I I mean, like probably the only like obvious value is just Rashad white with his pass catching ability. But outside of that, I just don't know if he offers us much anyway.
2: Honestly, that's it. And he does fall on the no man's land. Whereas like last week he was a cash game option. Just kind of made sense around Bijan because everyone wanted to play Bijan. Uh, this week, everyone's probably just going to try to get a little cheaper between Singletary, Jerome Ford, Jalen Warren. There are a couple of those guys down there. So yeah, that that's honestly it for me. I really don't want to run any of the receivers or even like a cheap Kate Otten for his usage out there against the Niners personally.
0: Yeah.
1: This slate would be more fun if, the Texans game was late because then you could pivot from yeah, yeah, the Cardinals Texan stuff and just go to, to really low on like low on George Kittle late swap. Seems pretty fun, but yeah, it's like, where are you swapping from?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, and that, that's the tough part is even if we do play like Arizona, Houston, if we get there with it, we still don't really know where we're at because everyone else played it. So we don't know what to do, right? So that's kind of why I'm like that's why i'm I'm very interested in games like sh- Chicago and Detroit because then at the very least, if we do get there with that game and we are ahead of the field and that game whiffs, like we can be pretty confident that like we're we have a chance to like stay ahead of the field and and
2: maybe we I don't... don't have to go like
0: way off the board late.
2: I don't think anyone's gonna play Kittle, anyways, Corrine. I think you're totally safe. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. no I know
1: Kittle. I'm safe. I know I'm yeah. safe with Kittle. But I'm, I'm saying I would like it more if I was behind and yeah, come and you're off the Texas game shot. and go to Kittle. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's what annoying. That's what it was annoying about last week is there were a lot of people who late stopped in the Cowboys passing game. And it's like, no, you don't deserve it. It's like, it's like I'm, on, I'm, I'm on the trail, it. I'm on the trails in Chicago running during the snow, and then the spring comes along, and the families and the strollers and the skateboarders come out. It's like, no, I work for this. You don't get the gratification of my work. Like, like,
1: skateboard. Hey, you live in Chicago skate? in the winter. You earn you earned the, the, the night's weather, man. Don't, don't I, think I, I was on the cowboys
2: passing game. You bums are on Tony Pollard. Get off of this. Let me <laughs> have skate-
0: skateboard skateboarders out here catching strays. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> Davis-matic. Like, <laughs> Uh, Purdy is the top quarterback value on DraftKings in this game. Uh, 49ers, again, somehow uh, snuck through the uh, FanDuel algorithm. They are not only 4K, but that's kind of cheap for a a defense that's favored by 12 points. So uh, 4K top value for DSTs, uh, 49ers. Uh, Other big favorites this week are the Cowboys, 10.5-point favorites at the Panthers, 42.5-point total, but the Cowboys are at 26.5. Daigle, I mean people are just gluttons for punishment. I mean, they're it's another week running back slate. Cowboys are huge favorites. On FanDuel, Pollard is still cheap. <laughs> on DraftKings, he's whatever. People are going to play him on FanDuel because people play running backs on FanDuel.
2: Dude, people people just can't get away from it, man. They keep doing it to themselves. It was funny. It's such than a it's, good matchup. It's, so good. Not, it's, it's actually a tougher matchup than last week. Uh, the Panthers out of their bye now 3 games are literally top 5 in yards per carry and explosive runs of loud to running backs. It's a terrible matchup. So I don't I don't know why everyone's still excited to do this.
0: Yeah, I I
2: The Cowboys I hate I hate this same game. Thing. Dude, we talked about last week. The Cowboys are still passing at the league's sixth highest rate with a two score lead. Like, when it, like, they don't use the running backs. And then everyone's like, oh, if Tony Pollard falls in the end zone, well, guess what? He can't. Whereas Rico Daddle came in, got one goal on carry, and fell into the end zone because he's better. So now it's, like, if, if you're going to give me the passing game yet again at lower ownership we'll just keep on playing the same game in tournaments every single week, let's do it.
0: Yeah, this is another one where um, another early game, I mean, I don't think we're going to go, um, you know, obviously crazy stacking this game, but again, kind of that same theory holds you have a team with a high total uh, playing against the uh, the game at the same time with just a ton of mega chalk here. So I I'm, mean, from, f- from a tournament theory perspective, like early contrarian lineups just kind of makes sense because it's the I only way ab- you're going to get info.
2: I would absolutely be open to the Pollard thing. Absolutely. If we could get him at five to 7%. <laughs> yeah. But- but um, right now, well, he's kind of chalky again, isn't
0: he? On yeah, FanDuel, that, he will be. On DK, I, th- I don't know. I think it'll yeah. be like moderate, but he won't be. I, I don't, again, he just like, like such five. big favorites. He won't be like five, I
1: don't yeah.
2: think. D- DK, they still kind of hit his price. He's still a little expensive. On FanDuel, even I'm going to suck him up and play him in cash because he's so cheap. That's totally fine. But but, dude, we can't be playing 15 to 20% Pollard in tournaments. You just can't. You have to stop doing it.
1: Point. well the thing is like so i played him two weeks ago um and he was like nine percent and that's the game you know where he uh that was also the,
0: a good running back. back slate though that that was a good, was a good run running back slate yeah, yeah. yeah so it was like we had there was like five guys with like high projections right. he was the one that got squeezed
1: yeah and i yeah and i don't know if he gets squeezed this week although i it depends maybe if, if we get a chance steam, i i could see him getting squeezed but i i think this Like, I hope the Cowboys agree with Daigle and and think this is not a good rushing matchup anymore because uh, this is a pretty good spot to to attack through the air, too. So, if they're just aggressive again, I think, you know, your Dak doubles look look pretty fun.
2: Also, like, J.C. Horn isn't returning this week. They thought he was going to. C.J. Henderson is not going to turn around with this concussion either. So, the Panthers' secondary is jacked up. The only thing is, and this is more for betting, but I, again, I, I wear many hats because it helps me with my process across the industry. And it is somewhat of a scary letdown spot because the Cowboys do have that important short turnaround and divisional game against Washington on Thanksgiving. And so I just, if, if they were to let us down, I don't think it would be that shocking. But ha- how would they let us down? Like who the hell's going to get there for the Panthers? That's the greatest mystery in life.
0: Yeah, speak and and I mean, they're obviously Thielen's volume suggests, um, relatively high expected fantasy points, hasn't got there the last few weeks, so he is a short term positive regression candidate. But, Crane, outside of that, do we even care about anything on the Panthers side?
1: No, we no. don't. Uh, and Thielen's so expensive, I, I, he's not really on my radar, yeah, for bring I back agree. stuff. He it's kind of garbage time, you know. Uh, he, yeah, I, I think no bring back, you, Dak. You just hope the. Cowboys do what they've been doing. Just put it on the other team, even if they don't push back.
2: Given his price, I think that would be interesting. I think I'm willing to hurt myself for more more expensive than Pollard. Yeah, I think I'm willing to hurt myself one more time. Um, You know, Cowboys play Cowboys play man coverage at a top five rate in the league. And uh, uh, man coverage nowadays, no one goes more than 45%. No one does it. Everyone's too high safety because they want to make the product terrible every week. But Thielen, at least against man coverage is fifth in yards per route run. So, or I'm sorry, 15th in yards per route run. So still, still good numbers in terms of how the Cowboys play defense. I think I'd be willing to try it on. Um,
1: Yeah. Cause... I think Thielen is actually kind of, like, he's in a pretty decent spot here. He's expensive. Um, it's just that it's just the price.
2: Yep. That's kind of the point though. It's like, he's hidden. Uh, he's everyone's going to try to get up to CD lamb, Tyree kill. So it's like, I don't know if I tag along little cheap, brandon cooks or jake ferguson and dak doubles yeah i can can afford to run it back with the i'd be okay with that
0: um other the only other game on the slate with a total above 40 is the chargers at the packers chargers three-point favorites there everything else the other uh, uh four games all totals of 40 or lower the only teams with decent Team totals are the Jaguars, Bills, and Commanders. Uh, That Pittsburgh and Cleveland game looks disgusting. Uh, Daigle, anything pop to you as other games we should be looking at this week?
2: No. I think I'm going to hone in on how to play three to four players from either Dolphins, Cowboys, or 49ers as my core And then what I'm going to do with Texans Cardinals chalk. That's kind of what I'm focused on right now.
0: Uh, crane players that are like popping as decent values, um, are like guys like ETN Dalton Kincaid. Um, You know, Brian Robinson again might be mega chalky, so like maybe we're looking for a pivot in that game. But like, no one outside of the big games is projecting for ownership. Where it's like we need to be really coming up with some leverage, game theory options. So, any of those um, other games that we haven't touched on uh, do anything for you this week?
1: Not really. I think the Chargers Packers game is is one that's sort of a, a worse version of the dynamic that we've talked about. Where you know, if the if the Chargers want to attack through the air they should be successful here uh, against uh, the Packers defense that's pretty middling doesn't have much of a pass rush but um Packers are a bit of a run funnel defense Uh Packers are, are trying to play conservatively themselves so not super interested in that game Um yeah I mean if it's like I love Brees Hall but you know Zach Wilson's running back is always chalk that, that I'm willing <laughs> I am willing to fade so I don't know. It, it, it's a difficult slate in some ways because it, the the chalk is kind of in that one game. And so it's not like it's easy to know where else to, to pivot. I also
2: I try I tried to wrap my head around the Jordan Love thing because I was like, can I get away with this? But, dude, like I've taken on a lot of bad play. I played Tyler, Taylor Heineke in some lineups last week. I've I've taken on a lot of bad plays yeah. in my life. But, dude, Jordan Love is so bad at professional football. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot yeah, I mean, I'm not,
0: I'm not at, 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 like the Heineke's, like those, like we're getting leverage off of like Bijan Chalk. Like, at least you're getting something there, right? Like, with these other games, like, it's, you're just not getting any leverage spots to really be going after. And I like, worry I'm the, about
2: the Chargers, like Keenan Allen being mm-hmm. banged up. Yeah. Like, yeah, what's, but, what's that offense? What the hell right. are they going to do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. On it's the rough. road, too?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to um, Matt Harmon's reception perception graphic of Quentin Johnson. (laughs) That was... (laughs) A, a beautiful beautiful thing to see it's not uh, only uh the the players projecting is, is like fringe cash game values um breese and brian robinson are both projecting as pretty good values on both sites etn's projecting as a good dk value don't kickade projecting as a good value on both sites uh super crazy pump play kyle phillips on dk um is projecting as a, a decent value just as stone cold min before Can i throw something ahead. out
1: Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure what this is just as we're kind of trying to get a little more galaxy brain like you can attack the titans through the air and we've talked about them you know being a pass funnel for a while and then they're not really a pass funnel anymore because you can run on them now but you know i could see like trevor lawrence christian kirk evan ingram you know that's like a, a potential contrarian double i don't I just know, don't that know that what I to make of back, the jaguars but...
0: offense at this point
2: Dude, man, yeah, that's a problem. Trevor Trevor Lawrence's highest finish in fantasy is QB ten this year. Like he's been awful for fantasy. um Evan Ingram doesn't have a single end zone target. Like were they used him? Like it's just the worst for fantasy too. So yeah, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. It's it's I, I, I even I tried to think about ETN too, but it's like ETN and Tony Pollard's. Results are the same except etn has fallen forward for touchdowns. Right he just gets hasn't been good outside of touchdowns yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I did think about that though.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean we probably I, don't need to go there because there's there's enough other contrarian stuff, but wanted to mention
0: it. I, I do think it's a a good week to be contrarian at running back. I just don't know if like ETN gets squeezed enough, even even coming off of the gross game last week, like given his workload compared to you know just the rest of the league. I just don't know if he comes in low owned enough that I want to play him. I I think people just kind of like initially be like, Oh, less they look so bad on offense, but then they start really looking at the running back slate and realize, well, there really aren't that many good plays anyway. So just end up falling on him. Um, So yeah, I don't, i i don't see anything that stands out out of the big games I, I think the biggest leverage point of the week is going to be either like dago said how you handle houston or if you can just get contrarian early and just get way ahead of the field early um, and do enough late to, to uh to bring it home um before we get into our favorite plays of the week I want to remind everybody about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy Go to pricepicks.com slash DFS MVP and use code DFS MVP for a first deposit match up to $100. Looking to get back on the right track this week uh, with a three player pickup, uh, starting with Jacoby Myers, 37 and a half yards, receiving yards. Like him for less than that. So much of the passing offense going to Devontae Adams. And as we've mentioned, Antonio Pierce just wants the Raiders to run so much. So even as big underdogs, Jacoby just not getting the yardage that he was uh, before Aiden O'Connell took over. As Coraine mentioned, uh, this is not a spot where we expect the Chargers to uh, have to throw it a ton um, and not a team that is going to pace up with the Packers. So Justin Herbert for less than 200 Uh, 62 and a half passing yards. And then Brees Hall is the Jets offense. Teams have been able to succeed with their running backs against the Bills. Brees Hall for more than 88 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. That three-player pick if if hits, you can 5X your money. Don't forget to go to prizepicks.com slash DFS MVP. Use code DFS DFS MVP for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy let's get into our favorite plays of the week corain start with you and your favorite quarterback
1: brock purdy i know that he's you know kind of in cash game consideration (laughs) yeah uh, but i don't really see him getting like super popular in tournaments because once you start going to the stacking partners you know it, it gets a lot more difficult so um he's he's i think like he's definitely underpriced. That's why we're talking about him cash consideration. Uh, I like him most with Iuk. I think Iuk is going to be pretty low owned. Um, I don't the 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 tricky part is I would love to attack on a double. Debo's a bit more bit expensive to do that. Kittle's pretty expensive. So that's that's the tough part about IU or about uh, purdy, but I think just a, a Purdy to Iuk single is definitely uh definitely interesting for me this week.
0: Yeah, Purdy definitely in cash game consideration, top three quarterback value on both sides. But again, like that, his ownership isn't going to get out of hand and we don't like super stress about quarterback ownership. It's more how owned are those pieces going to be with him and outside of CMC, probably just not a lot of ownership there on, on the 49er side. Uh, Daigle, who are you looking at this week?
2: I talked about Dak Prescott spot and it's the same thing as last week. Uh, also. I thought it was interesting that Brandon Cooks popped up with that season-high 22.7% target share. They used him in motion a lot more, too, like how the Dolphins use Tyreek Hill to where you get the guy going at full speed before the snap. That way, the moment he hits the cornerback, he's already running right past him. That's how they started using Brandon Cooks last week. It was really interesting. I don't know why it took until Week 10 either to do that. So in a slate that starved with value in tournaments, because, as you mentioned earlier, all the chalky players are like less than 4k wide receivers, less than 5k on FanDuel. I think Brandon Cooks also kind of fits and doubles with CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott too if you want to pay up at those positions.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. As I already said, after all these weeks of like struggling to find offenses that could hit, now we just have a ton and we got to try to figure that out with Mega Chalk early. Um Kyler and Brack Purdy are are probably like the most obvious cash game options this week. Uh, Since uh, Crane already mentioned Purdy, I will mention that Kyler is very much in cash consideration, obviously, in that great game environment. And, uh, you know, first game back, and he's already given uh, us just enough of his legs. That probably only grows as the season progresses. Um, And for season long, folks, Kyler Murray, super easy playoff
2: schedule.
0: Uh, Go to running backs. We talked about the pass catchers in this game, Daigle.
2: And I like quite a few running backs on this slate in the mid six Ks range, but Jameer Gibbs, for all the reasons we talked about, will get lost. It's just an amazing a spot since the way you attack them is by pat the Bears is by passing to your running backs. We already discussed that, so no one's going to play Jameer Gibbs. I do like Jameer Gibbs, especially in a week where all, everyone's only paying up for Christian McCaffrey. There's there's nowhere else to go unless you start getting a little more confidence in Austin Eckler. If you think Keenan Allen's limited since at least we saw last year without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Eckler averaged a 26% target share. Other than that though, there's nowhere else to go up top. So Gibbs just kind of slides in.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think, uh, as I mentioned, I think I'm going to end up probably pretty heavy on that game. Corrine, uh, one of the biggest favorites of the week.
1: Sorry, but with with the Gibbs, would you be interested in playing that from the golf side with Gibbs?
2: I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm open to just one offing or playing Gibbs with DJ Moore.
0: Okay. I think I'm going to end up going or, crazy in this game. I think I'm going to be. I think you, I'm there.
2: TJ, are you thinking Fields commit more Gibbs?
0: Yeah. Or, or, um, or Golf Gibbs, Amon Ra. Okay. Um, no one. Like, I mean, no I one's gonna think,
2: play I, from
1: I, the I think golf. I do like that.
0: Well, I, th- I think there's just lots of ways I, I like this. But Chicago, bad defense. Detroit in the dome. Um, yeah. Just at the same sure. time as, as that Arizona game. And live. Uh, Get it's- get all get all the love that I have for Detroit out of the way, just because I think Dallas and Detroit every Thanksgiving is the dumbest tradition in sports.
2: It's the same thing. Same thing we talked about last week too. That the Lions' defense is terrible. They're yeah. awful. They yeah, just, they just drown bad. bad opponents. Now is Justin Fields in his first game back from injury a bad opponent? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out too.
1: Right. My my guy's Devin Achan. I I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of steam here, so that that's a little bit of a concern. But like I am, but the steam is going to have to come from. People like us, right? Where we're going, you you just you take the leap of faith. You know, we're we're kind of thinking through this. It's I don't think it's going to come purely from like you know optimizers and stuff because you're you got to take the leap of faith, right? Like, how much work is he going to get? How can you put in efficiency inputs that are bananas because that's what he's done so far? But I, I think you're you're probably you know hesitant to do that uh, if you're a, a prudent person.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not like his, he's a lot of times when we're talking about like these, these guys that are like getting crazy steam, they're already starting at like 12 or 13%. And then we wake up on Sunday and they're at 25. Like we have him at like 5% right now. Like is he, he's not going to get up to 20 by Sunday. Like he's, like you said, he's just not going to show up in optimizers because like no one's going to project him for 20 touches just because that's not how it works that that works like me he just obviously everyone knows about his ceiling but like he just isn't going to pop into medium projection right now so i just don't it, see it how does feel gets.
1: too easy though like you have the running back who's literally like running back one in every single efficiency metric uh he's had plenty of time to get healthy as daigle laid out he's in a great spot for the offense and he's projecting at like five percent ownership like that's i'm like sign me up like what am i, missing? Uh, I generally i'm missing that he's actually going to be like 15 is is the way these plays yeah, usually it could happen it's,
0: it's early on friday so yeah it could yeah. definitely definitely ha- yeah it, it it people are definitely not as dumb as they used to be. Uh, Devin Singletary is the cash game running back. Uh, assuming that Damian Pierce is still out. Uh, there just isn't another cheap running back value. Um, easily one of the best values on the slate. Um, so just don't overthink that one. Um, but there are other plays in this game that we can go to, as we've mentioned, and create you like one of them as the pass catchers.
1: Yeah, uh, I think tank Dell is, is really interesting because I don't really see how it gets out of control. Like he's not going to get forgotten, but like, are people going to be playing him with Singletary? Like Singletary is going to going to. I just
0: my my just concern is so people so just game. play this. Yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. Own
1: concern. Um, well, all right, maybe I'll have to come. Up with something I, I mean, I than, think
0: it just depends. Like, are you? I, I'm like you. We can play twenty percent guys, right? Like the the guy that gets crazy in this game is probably Trey McBride more than anybody.
1: Right, Trey McBride. I mean, Dude, you Tank can Dale. you can pair him with Singletary easily. Like go ahead, do that's
2: I mean, Tank Dale's gonna get rostered, man. People, this is the way people play, like they just love playing rookies. There's there's no way to and again, his salary hasn't budged. Like DraftKings just doesn't move him yeah. at all. You have to play him almost.
1: I'm not I'm not expecting that he'll get squeezed. I and the I think I'm is. yeah, I just think that as as getting a piece of this game, like I think he's the most talented receiver. At this point, like he's crushing an open score. I, I like Nico Collins too, but he's significantly cheaper than Collins, which is a tiebreaker. He's also been running the most routes over the last three weeks. Um, I do like that he's a rookie. I think that is fun. Maybe I'm I'm just part of the field there, but I, if like in this game, which is going to have a ton of ownership, what are the spots that are really going to people are really going to get funnelled to? I think it is Trey McBride and probably Singletary maybe i don't know maybe he gets kind of I, mixed up in that and and gets I a mean, little out of control but
0: these games are these games project high ownerships because they're good spots right like it's not like we don't have to completely fade it i like the concept of fading it just because we rarely get this heavy chalk early these great games are usually in later in, in the slate but i mean you could you could play it smartly like Right now, I haven't updated ownership projections this morning. Um, but early projections we had Tank Dell as the most popular wide receiver on the slate. That doesn't mean you don't play him. Like if you play Stroud with Dell and bring it back with James Conner, you're playing it smartly. Like that makes sense, right? Like you're just like, We're probably not playing Dell with Trey McBride. There's like the, we're not doing right. that.
1: Yeah, but I we're mean we're allowed I think to like chalk. Yeah, I think you play him with Dalton Schultz, and that gets you off singletary too. So if you're off of McBride and Singletary in this game, like I don't think I want to X out this game. This game could be no. really, really fun. No,
0: you know I'm just figuring you? out how to play. I'd rather play Chuck yeah. Tank Dell than Chuck Michael Wilson, right? Regardless right. of salary.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna, so. I'm, I'm onslaughting Stroud with McBride coming back. If I play this game, I'm just going all three. I'm canceling out Nico Collins and his first game back from injury, and I'm saying let's pretend as if you're limited. I'll go the other three guys with Schultz included, and no one will get to that kind of stack.
1: I love how Daigle's touting Robert Woods right now, but he won't say his name.
2: <laughs> uh, there is a receiver who's 3,700 who's not going to be chalk in uh, this game. I'll say that.
0: Uh, there's another contrarian receiver that you like, Daigle.
2: Who is the other contrarian? Oh, uh, Pat, you mentioned the Jaguar side, and the issue for the Titans is that Will Levis has been awful under pressure, but it goes right back to the copy paste we can do with. The Jaguars' defense, how we took advantage of the 49ers' offense last week, and that is the Jaguars' defense is horrendous, and they don't get pressure at all, literally 26th in pressure rate. And so if we don't think Levis is going to get pressured, then perhaps we can actually get some efficient targets to DeAndre Hopkins, who is still leading the team in both target share and percentage of targets seen 20 yards downfield. So no one's going to play DeAndre Hopkins because it was a miserable experience last week. He's there if you want to find like a middle-range receiver.
0: Um. For cash games, DJ Moore is the top overall value be- below six thousand dollars on DK. Um, he's one of the easier um clicks for cash games this week with Justin Fields coming back at tight end. As as I mentioned, we got um none of the big three on the slate. And then outside of Trey McBride, uh it is, you know, kind of uh kind of just throwing darts. So I I don't think uh you can have a wrong call here. So uh Daigle, give us your guy.
2: I mentioned Pat Friermuth, and again, it's not a Friermuth's going to do anything. It's going to his first game back from injury. He's playing against the Browns, who are quite literally allowing the fewest points per game to opposing tight ends. It's just a matter exclusively on DraftKings. He is the stoneman. So it comes down to if you're doing tight end builds, what can you do also with Friermuth? And so that's the way you play it. It's like, okay, I can slot the stoneman guy who's going to get the reps there. And then you can play Trey McBride, and then what else can you do around that? So just an option.
0: Definitely not mad at cheap um, punt tight ends that are contrarian. Uh, Who just kind of got
2: the only reason he's that price is because they forgot about him. He's returning from injured reserve. That the algorithm just forgot about him. No big deal. Like I said, he's not even a good play. It's really just a matter of stepping back and saying, what can I do with this? I don't even know if I'll get there, but it's an option for everyone because it's a misprice.
1: My guy is uh, is Cole Komet, and I just I like this game environment. I think we're we're kind of eyeing up these Contrarian pivots off of the um, Houston game as much as I do have some interest in that game too. But Komet is only forty one hundred on DraftKings, and he allows you I think to you know if you want to play this from the Lions side, you could potentially not use Laporta, use Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Gibbs, and bring Komet back. You can play from the field side. I definitely want Komet there um, correlated with fields. I'll also mention I like Jake Ferguson as a similar type of thing here where we're going to a different game environment and we get that tight end taken care of. That's something I want to do. I want to be mixing in some of these contrarian game environments. I love that Komet and Ferguson let you take care of tight end in a week where the chalky game is going to have the mega chalk at tight end as well.
2: And structurally... If if most people will be playing bully or double tight end because one's cheaper, if you're spinning up at those two tight ends, you are immediately contrarian but kind of playing the same way, just differently.
0: Um I saw some uh early week content saying Comet might be owned. We have them like comfortably behind McBride, Ingram and Kincaid. So maybe I have to dig into that a little bit more, but on a, on a weird tight end slate, um, like we have Comet in the high single digits. Um, Trey McBride is the cash game tight end of the week. Uh, DSTs Corrine.
1: So we're looking at potential for chalky commanders D and we're also looking at the potential for Brian Robinson to become huge chalk here. So I can in one move, get leverage on both of those plays by going to the giants D and what am I doing? I'm just doing what everyone did for like the first eight weeks of the season. Just play the defense that Sam Howell is playing, by the way, he was terrible against this giants defense, uh, which will blitz him. He will take sacks. I know where he hasn't taken sacks in like two weeks, or he's only taken a few in like two weeks, and now he doesn't take sacks anymore. He takes sacks. Okay. And it's four the weeks. other calm
2: down. It's four weeks.
1: The beautiful thing here is, is that they're going to pass. We want pass attempts against with our defense. You can count on that with the commanders far more than you can count on it with the Giants. So I'm saving a little salary. Uh, from from going to the Commanders to the Giants. I'm getting leverage on, hopefully, I, you know, if I'm making this move, I want Brian Robinson to be big, big, big chalk. You know, everyone going to him with with Gibson out that makes this play uh, a little more fun.
2: Uh, I think in cash games this week, the defense I use is the Jets. and They're one of the cheaper ones, and I honestly don't know if people use them, but Josh Allen, three of his worst four performances for fantasy the last two years. Three against were against the Jets. The other one was this past game against the Broncos, who have suddenly become an elite unit the past month of the season too. They always had too much talent too to to be literally a historically bad defense. They now have an identity. But yeah, uh, coordinator, offensive coordinator change on a short week. Like, come on, give me the Jets every time.
0: Um, at 3,200 on DK 4,200 on FanDuel Dolphins as the biggest favorites of the week, trying to get them in my cash game lineups. But as always, if you do need to punt and go down to a team like the jets, that is always viable in cash game. Save that salary there. Uh, Again, thank you for everybody that adjusted the time and got with us live today. If you aren't watching live and listening on your favorite podcast platform, we just ask that you give it a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to give back to the podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, please like the channel and the video. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification button so you know when we do go live like today at a uh, different time as always links in the description to sign up for everything including the youtube uh promo code for 25 percent off of 444.com slash plans that promo code is the word youtube once you do that upgrade to the solver and as always make sure you are checking out legendary upside uh Korean, just remind everybody quickly what you got going on over there
1: yeah legendaryupside.com you got the walkthrough and I narrate the walkthrough on a private podcast feed for subscribers. So if you prefer your audio content, uh, I've got you covered there. And uh, yeah, you can also head over to the site and just check out a free preview of the article. Uh, first uh, first game, I believe, this week is totally free to check out, which is this, uh, this big old uh, Cardinals-Houston game. So if you want to see if there's any angles people are, are leaving um, for you, you can check that out. LegendaryUpside.com.
0: As always, if you want to keep up with us uh, between content and shows, you can do so on X slash Twitter. Pat is at pat carrain. Legendary Upside is at legendary upside. Daigle is at not j daigle. Four for four is at four for four football. I'm at t j hernandez. We will talk to you in the Sunday morning Discord.